Welcome back. I want to take a quick second to tell you about our sponsor of today's episode of North American Deer Talk, CNE Wildlife Products. CNE Wildlife is a trusted leader in biotechnology for the cervid industry. They offer microencapsulated bacteria products that are research supported through Texas Tech University. With more than 30 years of experience and commitment to all natural probiotics, this product line continues to be a mainstay in herd management programs across North America. And the reason is simple. They are passionate about the cervid industry. They have products for elk, whitetail, muleys, red deer, and more. With products ranging from Fawn Paste and Electromax to Guardian Plus, Whitetail Energy Pack, Jumpstart, or their ever-popular Top Score Extreme, they just flat out work. We've been a CNE Wildlife product user for more than 15 years. To learn more about CNE Wildlife, check out episode 54 of North American Deer Talk, a probiotics masterclass with CNE owner Sadie Horrocks, and give her a call today to start using the products we do here. Hey, it's the Deer Wizard, host of North American Deer Talk. I want to tell you about a great new advertising and research platform that we've developed for you, CWDbreeding.com. You know, as the deer industry continues to mature and develop around chronic wasting disease and its known genetic heritability, resources like CWDbreeding.com become essential tools for deer managers across the country making decisions about their herds. I really wanted a platform that excelled at hosting GBV and codon markers in a filterable and searchable manner, but I also wanted to have high quality pictures, videos, ages, scores, NADAR numbers, and a whole host of other information to go along with that. This database puts everything in one easy to find location and allows you to access the industry's greatest genetic resources. I look forward to seeing all the great bucks that people have to offer in one easy to find location, cwdbreeding.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. This is episode 88. So I guess first off, I appreciate everybody hopping on here to watch or listen to the show. It's uh, it's it's greatly appreciated. If you are uh, watching on YouTube, why don't you just say hello down in the comment section? Uh, I like to start using those and uh, getting these shows kind of uh, out into the uh, ether that is YouTube. So we're going to try to continue to work on uh, video quality, audio quality, uh, lighting, uh, all these different things. Uh, as as time permits and um, you know finances as well because all that all that stuff is expensive and it requires uh, time and effort to to put into it um, so um, if you're if you're uh, listening on the show or you'd like to listen to the show you can check us out on Amazon Music uh, Google uh, Spotify um, any of those, you know, Apple Podcasts, any of those those podcast platforms, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, and if you you like the show and you want to give us a nice review, uh, please do that. So again, uh, appreciate all of you. So I was kind of thinking about, um, you know, some of the the different issues that 
that come up and you know you can kind of especially in uh in the summertime it's easy to get yourself into a uh, mental rut in uh kind of the the deer farming space because you know it's just it's kind of you know wash rinse repeat so you get up every day and um you know you got fawns to feed if you have fawns in the bottle um you know you got uh, pastures to take care of it's just this you know it's this kind of constant this constant uh a flow of work you know i know in the winter at least for me my deer are a lot less maintenance not that there are a ton of maintenance now my my i've i've tried to set my farm up uh for success with the least amount of inputs possible and uh you know getting the most outputs as i can so um, I can spend as much or almost as little time as I like. Um, you know, there's there's certainly some some therapeutic qualities that uh, present themselves to at least to me, uh, especially in the summertime, with you know a bunch of new fawns running around, watching bucks grow. You know, the the ebbs and flow of of nature. You get nice summer nights. And of course, the, the folks all across the South are um, like, yeah, right. Come down where we are. It's a hundred degrees at, you know, eight or nine in the evening. There is no, there's no reprieve from the heat. Um, and, and I'm, I, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, we, I guess we're, we're really fortunate. So um, for those that don't know, we're in uh, North central Pennsylvania. We're kind of tucked up in the mountains and, it uh it is a very nice climate here we get to i don't know it was 60 it was in the mid 60s all day yesterday um uh, side note there was i guess the you know the the wildfires are cooked up again and we're having some you know air quality issues and whatnot i don't know if it turned the moon funky colors last night or not but uh, i came in to feed a couple fawns and uh, I looked up and I was like, wow, that moon is pretty red. Um, pretty neat. If you get a chance, if you're, if you, um, check out our, we have all sorts of different social media platforms. Um, you can check out the, uh, Instagram account at Servid underscore solutions, or, uh, you can punch in deer wizard into the, into the, uh, the Instagram tab and the search feature tab. And, uh, check out those pictures of the moon I took last night. They're pretty wild. Um, anyway, so <clears throat> I was thinking about back to the summer, summer rut, uh, conversation. Um, I wrote down a note here and I want to try to explore some of these ideas with you all, um, in a, in a, in a positive way and, and see if I can see if I can spark anything, uh, inside of you all that, uh, potentially resonates. So I wrote down as the title of the show, advocating for each other. And I, I'm going to talk about this more in the future, but I want to discuss it a little bit here. So I had read an article um, from a, a prominent hunting group. Everybody knows who they are. Uh, I'm not ready to to dig into to names yet. And um, you know, who am I? I'm, 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 I'm a little nobody from nowhere, but 
it was upsetting to me that you know we have hunting groups that are are you know call it anti-deer farming anti-ranching and yet you know i i i don't know any i don't know any deer farmers that don't hunt like everybody i know is an outdoorsman we came into this as as hunters and then i think about you know kind of going back further you know man has been man has been cultivating animals since the beginning of time and there's this this divide of you know people that are quote unquote you know wildlife purists that are you know anti you know deer farming or anti you know ranching or anti high fence generally and it's a it's a bit of a foreign concept to me you know i would think that the the folks advocating for outdoor recreation would do so for all recreation as opposed to uh, taking this stance that if it's not done their way, that it's not acceptable. And this, <laughs> this will tie into, I, I, I need to, the more I think about this, the more I need to, to buckle down and, and I need to write an article and then kind of re recap that with you guys. Cause that's the, the easiest way to get your thoughts out is, is by writing and, and certainly the most, most thorough and compelling, but it's, um, it's really frustrating because we, and, and I would imagine many of you that are, are listening to this, um, you understand uh, chronic wasting disease, you know, better than most. And, and we all have these different feelings about, about CWD. And I know it's, I know it's challenging, you know, it's a, it's an emotional topic. It's a politicized topic. And, you know, every, every day, you know, I, I wake up and I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta deal with this again in my life. And that can be frustrating. And, and I don't, I don't want you all to, I don't want you all to give up hope. I, I think that, I think that I'm, I'm incredibly, I've said this quite a few times recently, I'm incredibly bullish on deer farming and deer ranching in the United States, um, medium to long-term. The short-term is going to be the challenging part, but I do think that we have a incredibly compelling story. Um, so I guess with that said, I look at, I look at some of the, you know, social media just kind of rules the day as far as how we communicate with each other, how people ingest information. And I know that there's many, many of you, um, that, you know, might not be on, uh, Facebook or Instagram or, uh, you know, any of the, the deer forums or deer groups or things like that, but m most are right. Like there are, there are people and maybe they don't participate 
Um, but they, they see things or somebody sends them something or, or whatever that may be. Um, but like, I know over, I know over the past uh, couple weeks, we've seen, um, you know, folks over at, uh, the Texas Deer Association and the Deer Breeders Corporation, uh, you know, working hard to, to put out information relating to, um, the industry as a whole, uh, and, and, you know, like they're, they're, they're putting out messaging about the industry, about chronic waste and disease. Um, number one, because we got a, we got a big fight on our hands, um, especially in the state of Texas. And, um, this kind of brings me to my point and it, it's kind of, it revolves around state and national associations and, and why they need support. So you can look at, and we take, we, I think we all take these things for granted. I know, I know I do. And, you know, there's always, there's always quote unquote, somebody else to do the work, right? I want to know who those people are. So there's, there's very limited, I think there's very limited uh, resources, whether that be manpower or people, um, time, and maybe money to a lesser extent. And I, I guess it depends on on where you are. But I feel like there's, I feel like there's, I feel like there's money in the industry, um, air quoting the industry, what that looks like um for for specific things and i know i know that i've been on the receiving end of feedback from people within our own state so if you're not familiar i am the uh, president of the pennsylvania deer farmers association that's our 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 state association that advocates for you know cervid farming in in pennsylvania and you know pa's been a you know, kind of a longstanding organization. We got started, I think, in 01 or 02, uh, back when many of the the uh, kind of founding associations did. And Pennsylvania's always been a, a big state in deer farming. I think we're, you know, number two, um, you know, maybe behind Texas or just kind of flirting with the, the uh, you know, the number one ranking. And it, it I guess from a, a maybe an insider's perspective um it doesn't necessarily feel that way and and i think that i think that many i think that many people have this kind of uh negative connotation of of what these associations or organizations do um and and that's a challenge and it's really hard to describe it's really hard to describe uh, what all it is that that goes on because there's so many different facets of it right you have your kind of structural organization and that is kind of keeping the lights on in the office and i don't mean from a from a monetary standpoint i i mean like you know uh, well maybe a little bit i do but just the the day-to-day -day functions of um how the the office or staff runs um, kind of the, the, 
the normal operating procedures of a of an association and what's expected of that. And then you have obviously events are a, a part, a big part of of associations and organizations. Uh, some some have multiple years, some have one. Um, then you have the kind of communication arm of things. And, you know, most of the states I know have some sort of newsletter. And um, I think, you know, here in the North, uh, shout out to the the Deer Sites crew, uh, Kathy and, and Sam, you know, they have, they have, um, I think, 15 states now that um, they publish newsletters for and, and they have a nice little template that they set up, but you have to have people to contribute to those things. Um, and uh, then you have like directories and, you know, we're like we're, we're PAs in the process of, of prepping for our event in September. We have a two day event that we're doing and it's kind of all hands on deck and it requires a ton of planning. Um, it requires a ton of money and it's, it's, you know, everybody's a volunteer. And then you, again, like we throw in lobbying efforts, right? Um, and then you have uh, regulatory. And, and when I say regulatory, I mean, I don't mean legislation. I don't mean um, regulations via legislation. I mean, regulators, so bureaucrats, right? Um, and you have all these things and like, there's only so many people that can give up so much of their their time outside of um, their their business or their families or whatever it is they uh, they do in life. And this is where the the resource bind uh, is really starting to show, in my opinion. So now money can fix some of this. I think that there are I think that there are some good people. Uh, in in the industry that um, could maybe be inserted into those roles, those kind of leadership roles within these kind of state or national associations. We have some, uh, but it's a small percentage. If you look at the if you look at the um, number of paid individuals that work for uh, state national associations collectively, it's not a big number of people. Like, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's not a big number. It it might be 20 and 15 of those are, you know, admin slash secretaries who help manage offices, right? Um, it's, it's not a lot of people out there with a kind of a deep knowledge base and skill set to uh, communicate effectively for the industry or, you know, kind of run an association and such. So um, that's something to keep in mind. So supporting these groups in some capacity, whether that be your time. Um, and and what, what is that? What does that look like when I say your time? It means it can mean two things probably mean more, but like, you know, just, just calling a, you know, a, a calling into a, a board meeting uh, and listening and maybe asking some questions or providing some input as a member of that association, um, participating in fundraising drives, 
um, helping out with gathering donations or, um, you know, participating in auction committees or, uh, you know, events, you know, volunteering for events, those types of things. That's all, that's all great. Like those things are needed. Um, maybe simply calling a, a, a board member and saying thank you for some of the work they did. That's a, that's another thing that I think is, is, um, an underrated and used tool, right? Like we all need a little, I'll need a little pat on the back and a pick me up every once in a while for, for doing some work. And, and maybe there's some constructive criticism that goes along with that. Right. Or, or, um, it's a, a dual part conversation. And then there's the financial aspect. And you're like, hey, I just don't, I don't have the time to allocate to the association, but I, I do see, I do see value in um, what the association's doing because, hey, I can't go to the state capitol and have meetings with um, the Department of Agriculture or, you know, the Natural Resources Department or legislatures or maybe I don't want to, but I'm happy to support um, the association so they can continue to be around so they can do that or someone can do that for me. Well, what's that worth? What's that worth to you? You know, what's it, what's it worth for someone um, that you feel does a, a, a good job at advocating for the industry? Um What's that worth for you, for them to go do that for a day? Would you say thank you and give them 20 bucks? Okay. If, if you, if you go out to dinner, you have a nice dinner with your wife or spouse or partner or whatever, and you probably got no problem throwing a $20 bill at a, you know, at a, a server for providing you good service, right? Well, why wouldn't we do the same thing for those that are going into, um, you know, a, a political place, so to speak, and, you know, advocating on your behalf in maybe a realm that you're not so comfortable with. Is that worth 20 bucks? Is that worth 50 bucks? What is that worth? What is the value in that? And for, for those that are not familiar with the process of government or politics or dealing with regulators, um, it is a incredibly challenging, very, can be very frustrating and time-consuming process. And when I say time-consuming, I don't mean on an individual level. I mean, from a long-term standpoint, I'll give you a perfect example. The, um, and hopefully you're familiar with it, the Chronic Waste and Disease Research and Management Act of, um, that was passed here just this past December. Um, that started in 2019 and it didn't start by wildlife groups. It started within our industry. 
And I see that the idea has been co-opted and kind of like, oh, we've always been an advocate by various wildlife groups. And that's fine, right? Like it's it's fine to have them on board. However, if if those folks are going to be the ones advocating against us, um, you know, for for our businesses and what we do, like that's not necessarily okay. But like that's taken four years just to kind of get pushed through. Um, that's a long time. And in that time, a lot has changed. We have a bunch of kind of uh, new programs and protocols and science and, um, you know, state dynamics have changed. The industry has changed. There's different people. There's new people. Um, it's just a, it's a, it's, this is a long game. Right. And we've you've kind of seen maybe a trend in some of the shows that I've been doing about, you know, like I, the the previous show, I think it was episode 86. You know, it was just uh, how to stay alive. And it talked about some of those kind of more long term things. And and I, I wrapped up that show by talking about why I think you should be here long term. And it's because this whole cwd infrastructure um that's been created not only mostly from a regulatory standpoint not so much from a disease standpoint but a regulatory standpoint is going to change um i believe it's going to change that's my opinion and you may not like how it changes but i think it's going to change for the better i think there's a lot of compelling cases to be made for what we're doing I think ultimately we we win in that in that place and that provides a lot of opportunity for new commerce new business and I want to be here for that so anyway I want to touch on one more thing I can talk about this all day but I'd rather have some more formalized and structured thoughts about it but I I did want to sh- share that little bit. Um, so I talked a little bit about social media and here's some of my, my perspectives on it. And, and I'm fairly, I'm fairly active on social media. We try to, we try to, um, you know, create either some fun or useful, um, you know, uh, content on a regular basis, five days a week anyway. Um, And some of it's just nonsense. Some of it's funny. Some of it has meaning. And uh, it's all meant to be consumed in different ways, right? So you got your Instagram, you got your Facebook, you got Facebook groups, you got personal pages, you got farm pages. and and here's here's a here's a perspective and a narrative that I would like to see changed a little bit. And and maybe you disagree with me and that's fine, but I will I will make my case and hopefully um the the three of you that listen to the show or or four, right? Um you'll you'll um 
you'll take it to heart. And if I can get 25%, that's one more person that uh, potentially see, sees uh, what I'm about to talk about in a, in a new light and uh, becomes, uh, in my eyes, part of the, the solution to a problem that we have. And so that is the engagement of specific posts on social media, whether again, and, and I would say that for our industry, uh, Facebook is probably the most used tool from a social media standpoint with uh, Instagram being second. And I, I don't really know anybody. I mean, there's TikTok, obviously, and I don't really know any dear people that are on uh, Twitter. If you are, hit me up, let me know. I'd, I'd be really curious. But the engagement level on specific posts. So there are there are those people who take time out of their um, business schedules to advocate for you about our industry. And they share those pieces of content, right? So I saw I saw some I saw some of that uh, here just recently. And I tried to make it a point to, take that beyond my eyes and share that with other people, whether that be people that I know or just in a different, a different forum, right? I wanted to expand the reach of, of that post because I thought it was something that, that was well done. Right. And it got very little, it got very little exposure. It got some exposure, but it didn't get the exposure that I think it should have. And at the very least, a, you know, just a, a thanks to the people that participate in those things, I promise you goes a long way. So I want you to, and, and I'm going to make a comparison and I get it, but I'm going to make the comparison and then you can kind of think about maybe how you approach your some of your interactions or your your um, you know your your own personal reach on social media. So someone posts a picture of a pedigree or a breeder buck or something cool, right? Whatever that is. And I'm not a deer hater. I love looking at giant bucks. I think pedigrees are awesome. Um, I like all those things. Those things would not be able to be seen, had, used if it wasn't for people continuing to try to advocate for our right to be able to, to do this, right? Or the privilege to be able to, to raise, raise these animals. Okay. So, you know, you might get, you might get um, that advocate post that I was just discussing previously, and then the breeder buck post, right? So the breeder buck post gets 150 likes, 10 shares, and 50 comments. So it gets, it gets reach. You got to remember every time, um, you know, there's somebody 
looking at a post just because they don't interact with it doesn't mean they don't see it. So every time there's a like, every time there's a comment, every time there's a share, it expands that network out to like thousands and thousands of people, right? So you can imagine just one post, you know, they, that's kind of like going viral, right? And then you have the advocate post, which is well done um, and needs some exposure, again, in my opinion, and you have uh, 10 likes, one or two comments, and and two shares. And the two shares are from the original poster. Now, long-term, if you, and I'm using you, and I'm talking to you, so if you're watching or listening, I'm pointing at you. If you're not going to, if you're going to consume that, Say, hey, like in your head, you're like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that this, this particular event happened or that there's other people working on this. Um, if you're not going to advance that agenda, the but you will advance the quote unquote breeder buck post. And I'm just using this as an example. Most likely in the future, the breeder buck posts will not be available because there won't be people being able to raise deer. They're just going to be gone. So my suggestion, my plea to, to all of you is that we all try to advocate for each other to the best of our ability. And we try to get the reach out of the things we need to get reach for to greater expand the narrative in which is deer farming and ranching in the United States to the largest group of people that we can. So I'm asking you, please, if you see things that individuals state associations, natural associations, advocacy groups, politicians, whoever it may be, are doing that you think is, is valuable like that. Thank someone, whether it be publicly or personally. Share that out with your, your group of people. Send an email out. You know, hit the share button. All those things. Send a, 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 a DM or something to someone with a, a link to that, however that may be. Try to create as much awareness for those things. Um, it's important. It's really important. I, I think we underestimate the importance of, of what's there. I think you're going to see a continued effort over the next few years to demonize segments of the industry, maybe specific states, probably specific states. Um, but you're also going to see these, these efforts from industry, I hope, to try to share our message, share our, our business, share you know, what it means to participate in deer farming and ranching 
And again, I, I think we have such a compelling story. And I think a lot of this is going to be CWD focused. I think that's a, an arena in which we can win. Um, you know, the people, there's a, a percentage of people that are, that are anti-iPhones. You're not going to change their mind. You don't need to. You don't need to change their mind. Um, all we have to do is show that we are a solution to a problem that exists, which we are, and continue to put out quality education surrounding those those things. That's it. It's a good, you just become a better storyteller. So I'm asking all of you to help with this because I think it's important. And, and, you know, for, for those people out there, especially the volunteers, for those people out there that are, are working on these things. Um, thank you. I, I'm, I, I want to thank you. I know it's uh I know it's a thankless, thankless job and y'all are doing good work. Keep at it. Um, I wanted to share that with you guys today. I didn't know exactly how that was going to go. I, uh, I do plan to prepare an article. I was, I'm going to write an article about what we talked about today. Um, more so on the first segment of the show with these hunting groups and, and their kind of anti stance, uh, which I, 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 I can't quite wrap my head around. I, I, I understand some of it. I have, I have an open mind. I can, critically think about these things. Um, but I, I don't agree with it. I I'm, I'm never, I'm never out there advocating against, um, you know, people that want to conserve property for outdoor recreation. Never. I'm, I'm not like, Oh, you shouldn't do that because you have a fence or you shouldn't do that because those are deer or whatever silly idea that's being pushed, you know, Oh, you shouldn't do that because you're causing a disease. Nonsense. Knock it off. So I'm going to continue to yap behind this mic and, um, you know, I, I, I'm happy to, uh, happy to have, uh, fun filled debates with these folks about their, um, anti-hunter stance from hunting groups that just that's it's total garbage so anyway before i get all uh heated and worked up on the subject again i appreciate all you thank you so much for listening and with that stay tuned for another episode of north american deer talk 